0: Hi, I'm Shalini,
1: and I'm Chris Sales,
0: and we're hosts of IBM Z DevOps Talks podcast.
1: Welcome back to Z DevOps Talks and part two of our two-part series with Chris Trowbridge from IBM. In this part, we continue our conversation about Hypercube, as well as Enterprise Generation Language or EGL, customer demands, new features, and so much more. Keep listening to find out what's in store for analysis tooling at IBM.
2: Enjoy. So the new tool has a web interface. Okay. Okay, the and ca- so the new capability. Got it. Okay, Makes and sense. so okay. does
1: that have any plugin into, or are there any plans for a plugin into Eclipse or to a VS Code plugin um, to bridge that gap?
2: Uh, absolutely. Uh, but that again, the tools that I'm working with and the ITP technology is out there with a full API and command line interface. So it can be used by those tools uh, wherever they wish. So absolutely, some of the technology is also being built into the Eclipse interface for ADDI. You will see, for example, that we have a, a brand new multipass scanner. Because things run so fast, uh, we're able to practically do multiple passes on, uh, when we scan code to Resolve deep dependencies, so we'll see that we can resolve all all the dependencies of flow paths for Java, where we have now the capability of resolving macro uh, dependencies for for assembler. These multi pass scanners are, are incredibly powerful.
0: How would you use this within um, within a CLI?
2: All the time, our customers are asking for capabilities to be made available with a command line interface because they want to integrate them into their pipelines. And the easiest way for them to integrate it into their pipeline, whatever tools they have, is with a command line interface. So we put that in there so that companies aren't restricted just to using what we've built for the pipeline, they can, in an in an open pipeline, you could implement, you could use the dependencies, um, you could use them with a tool like uh, DBB, you could uh, easily drive them from Jenkins, um, and in future GitLab. So it'll be very simple for customers to build their own pipelines and use the information to do things like verify uh, packages before deployment, to uh ensure that they can identify the code correctly that's in in a package
3: the use case there's a lot it seems like there's a lot of use cases like me as a developer i could use this like in real time before i like before i submit to like to push to the through the build process or like even even like in integration testing you could do it you could leverage it then or you could I just said leverage I hate that word you could use it then <laughs> I mean so like without across the pipeline there's a it seems like there's like a few areas where you could you could use this is that is that accurate
2: uh, absolutely okay. and, and as you know we're working on, lo- on lots of other areas that will use this new technology when we did the feasibility study for and looked at what what we could use this for when we bring it in we found at least 14 different product areas not all of them in the devops area that had good strong use cases for this technology there there are lots of things out there that need to understand programs understand their structure and understand the dependencies the next big area for us and we're putting a lot of research into is identification of services and microservices and making recommendations about what makes a good service. To start with, you need to identify candidates, but then you need to identify the impact of those candidates. You need to look at the uniqueness. All that requires understanding of the code. So this new technology will make lots lots more appearances um, in combination with work from our research groups this new technology will allow us to implement some exciting new things in the future. On
1: that, and speaking of the future, and I think this sort of has to do a lot with where this product fits in, in the pipeline. Um, when, when you, we'll say you were shopping this technology around, um, do you see different micro use cases within different, I want to say demographics of the developer base? Like do you see more, um, junior developers or folks that are just being onboarded to a team using this tool in a specific way, more, more than likely static analysis versus more veteran developers or developers that are being you know offboarded and moved to a different project trying to do the knowledge transfer? Or is this sort of a mix of both?
2: Absolutely. There is a huge problem with knowledge leaving country companies as developers retire or move on. And The new developers coming in need to understand the applications they're being asked to work on. So absolutely, they are one of our biggest, one of our main use cases. Um, And they can rapidly bring developers up to speed. With with, for example, the WASI developer environment, you now have a developer environment that is familiar to developers from other platforms, not just to uh, the, the Z developers. So we expect to see more cross-platform, more hybrid development. And it's important that those developers moving onto the platform, moving on to ZOS development, have the ability to easily understand the applications they're being asked to work on. So that's very important. But the next use case is really automation. We don't want to rely on just the developer's experience about knowing what goes into a package. So just verifying and validating and expanding the deployment package or a build so that you have accurate dependency information and that it's consistent across platforms so that you don't go to a deployment tool and get a different answer about the dependencies than you got when you're actually doing the development. So it enables us to have consistent and rapid information available at the right time in the pipeline. So all all the tools will be using the same information eventually.
3: Chris, my my question was, Probably back a few minutes ago, but you were saying that there are so many use cases, not just in the DevOps, but throughout other IBM areas in IBM. Um, so does that, I mean, clearly that's going to touch hybrid cloud. But are you aware of other, you know, other products or other solutions that this 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 would uh, complement that are
2: that are outside of mainframe? We've we've been talking to the the cloud DevOps group as well because the it is very we already have Java scanners it's re, it's easy to add scanners for other languages and other environments um, it it's powerful scanning technology that we can use to enhance existing products and and our partners' products so for example GitLab has the ability to do security scans our scanners are suitable for to be adapted to doing security scans. So if if we find something that GitLab can't scan and and can't do the uh, analysis for, we can easily provide scanners. So we have the ability to add scans and even the ability for customers to plug in their own scanners uh, and, and scanning technology in there. It's really opening up the dependency analysis um, so partners like systems integrators, if they have proprietary scanning t- technology, a lot of customers out there have pre-processors or uh, modified compilers or uh, unique uh, proprietary languages. If they have something there, they can take uh, our, our technology and uh, add that information into the Hypercube and cover their situation. So it. It really does make the, the product extensible. Mm. Obviously, it's just being released. Right. So we, <laughs> we have the potential to do that. Nobody's done it yet. Sure. We're probably going, we're looking at things, at ways we can do that. Um, there are open source products out there, like, for example, EGL. It's not beyond the realms of possibility that we might put an open source scanner for EGL that could be plugged into the tool, for example. Got it.
0: Yeah. So I wanted to ask you a little bit about. Um, you mentioned Java. Can you, can you, like, speak a little bit more to that? Is this an enhancement from
2: previous? It, it is. We had Java support already in ADI, but it was very much focused on the interface point with, with legacy systems, on where your legacy systems uh, touch or interface with Java components and applications. The new scanners enable us to extend beyond the boundaries and to actually analyze Java. Uh, now, we'll be using it for Java on Z, but the Java scanners are capable of, of analyzing Java for any platform. And as I said, they're a modern multi-pass scanner with very powerful capabilities.
3: Okay. I, I wanted to ask about Java because there's, you know, starting with the Z13, there's the uh, SMT, multi simultaneous multi-threading capabilities for the multi-core processing for yeah. Zip processors. So I didn't, I, I that's, that's what clued me into it. So I'm, I'm sure that, I'm not, I don't even know if there's any connection to that, but just interesting that there's um, affording more uh, insight into
2: Java. Talking to our customers, most new development on the Z platform is currently being done in Java. Mm. So that's not to say most of the code on the platform is Java, but most of the new development, over sixty percent of new development, is being done with Java.
3: Well, that's an interesting uh, statistic, the sixty percent. But yeah, they're they are. Uh, you know they're programming in in, uh, in Java, but then they'll call upon a you know COBOL module or something or a C plus yeah. right yeah mm-hmm.
2: and and our our customers have a a variety of strategies of implementing services. Some will rewrite, some will extract. Um, and we needed to be able to, to cover that. We're seeing more more Java. I mean, obviously, there's still a huge amount of COBOL, PL1, and assembler work being done. There's maintenance enhancements to existing systems. But no, we're now in that hybrid environment where you have all types of application being developed together, and we need to have a solution that's able to analyze everything.
3: Um, was prior to, this, uh, prior to this, this Hypercube technology and the scanning, um, man, this, this might be dumb, but it, it was it possible for us to, you can either call them composite or hybrid, hybrid applications, but it, it, it was possible to scan these hybrid uh, applications, right? Yes, but yeah.
2: it, it, it would stop at the boundary of the legacy code. So it wouldn't give you the deep dive, the flow information in the Java application really yeah
3: oh so this is huge yes oh that's <laughs> a, that's a big that's like a you just dropped like a that's a bombshell that's what we call it in the industry
2: <laughs> <laughs> well I, for, for lots of our customers it was enough because in the past we hadn't seen a lot of developers crossing the boundaries we're seeing that more and more in the past a, a cobol application maybe call or interface with a java application but it would be a different developers a different set of developers working on the java side of the of the application that's more and more that's that's changing and the other thing driving the change as we talked about before is Older developers are moving off the platform. Now, the pandemic has had the effect of a lot of the older community retiring and leaving the business. We've seen the average age drop rapidly over the last year in our customers, particularly the over 55s are, have, have left, a lot of them have left the business and really at three times the rate we saw the previous year.
1: I mean, I guess sort of a silver lining, right? But that's... that's- that's really interesting to hear. Um, so then, in that case, that's why there's a big push for the web interfaces and for the bring-your-own IDE with these types of tools, enabling them to be more service-based rather than, you know, um, than like concrete product-based. I guess.
2: Yeah, um, the p- pandemic has really driven driven change because not only are as the developed community changed the applications and the need for rapid change to applications has really hit hit the mainframe a lot of businesses have really had to change the way they've worked you know our automotive customers have gone to direct selling and direct relationship with with customers with uh and bypassing the dealer network there's been huge changes to the systems and their interfaces with the world and that's been true of a lot of businesses and that drive for change has has really impacted the mainframe a lot more uh, in the past year than it it had before
1: everything that you've described and everything that you're doing is just is is groundbreaking you know like just even going at the base level just the, the whole hypercube technology thing i mean that's it's something that I feel like customers have been wanting without knowing how to ask for, right would you would, does that make sense?
2: Yes I mean our customers have been demanding apis they've been demanding rapid response. they've been demanding that they can scan and analyze their code rapidly. So we had to find ways of doing that in, in the past with with older software, it might take you to analyze, your software portfolio you might have to do it overnight now we've had some customers that analyze to analyze their complete portfolio takes a couple of days the new technology allows us to scan m- many times more rapidly implementing it also the platform makes a huge difference Our fast platform, say running on z with plenty of memory we, we can cut down a full system scan from Note of of many millions of lines of code I- into minutes, not days.
1: That as as opposed to, you know, say five ten years ago when the analysis software, you're right, were was very. I'm not going to say buggy, but sort of had a bunch of gaps and opportunities in in how things were scanned. Not to say it was bad; you still ended up with a usable product, right? But um, and then so that do me. a... Let me ask you this. The time with the new technology versus how long it would take to do the 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 portfolio analysis the static way back in, you know, back in the day, say like, you know, late 80s early 90s. What do you think the percent time
2: decrease would be? Let's do some quick math. What do you think? Uh so when we first got it, the first thing we did was scan a portfolio that took two days to load. The, the, the scanners without any modification and still on a Windows box scanned them in under half an hour. Wow. Wow. We have cases, our customers have big numbers, big amounts of code. So you know, you'll have customers out there with hundreds of millions of lines of code to scan, but that... To be honest, that's not where we've concentrated with our first release. We've concentrated on the on the web interface and on the on the local repositories because we can do that now. Um, optimizing and scanning the full portfolio is something we'll do uh, as we as the technology really percolates into deeper into our product line.
0: I, I meant to kind of ask a follow up question. I know you said this would be released in um, on the sixteenth. How do you plan on uh, kind of the roadmap and the the future delivery cadence of this in general, and what features would we have coming on?
2: So initially, we're we're concentrating with the new te- technology on implementing analysis in in the. In the cloud-centric development in WASI. so putting mm-hmm. analysis where it hasn't been available before, and making that really a first-class development environment. After that, it will be in- used to enhance our enterprise-level uh, analysis and scanning in ADDI. It will also appear um, in IDZ with the with the Z unit product, which needs dependency analysis to identify which. Uh, test to run, which needs uh, application understanding or program understanding to identify the the data structures in programs. Um, it will be used in ZOS Connect, again, which needs to understand the applications and the, the programs. It'll be used in conjunction with dependency-based build for the dependencies in the deployment pipeline. But in in terms of after the initial release, which is focusing on COBOL in the web, we'll be looking at Java, enhancing the assembler uh, scanning. There's a a huge pipeline, but it's going into multiple products, and each of those has their own uh, timescale and release plan.
0: Right, that makes sense.
3: Okay, I was. Gonna, we had another question here re- regarding like presentations or videos and things like that. But it sounds like in the uh, in that press release, will everything will be in that press release? Yes,
2: yeah. and the the important thing for our customers out there is the products it goes into and their capabilities. What we've been talking about is just the technology that we're putting into their products. the The products themselves will translate that into capabilities the customers need, and their their demos and recordings and material will highlight the capabilities that the technology brings. That's the important thing to our customers, not really how we're doing it. So they, they should watch an ADDI video, uh, not go out there looking for a hypercube video.
3: Got it.
1: Okay. Right. right. Okay. That makes, mo- that makes sense for sure.
3: Well, I had one final question about. Um, are, are you? You know, we typically ask this of um, you know the, of you know, different products. But are you looking for? Do you have sponsor users set up? Are you looking? Is that something of interest? Uh, you know, because for 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 maybe uh, uncovering different uh, or new use cases that um, that that aren't on your radar. Is that is that something of interest?
2: In reality, the customers for this technology mm-hmm. are internal IBMers. They have sponsored users for their Uh products (laughs) okay so the teams i work with team i work with works with the teams that are implementing the so they're talking to all the different ibm teams
3: got it okay this this is like the inception of ibm products then it's like a product within a product within a product
2: (laughs) (laughs) got it yeah i mean uh, our customers will never see will never no, know that they have IBM ITP technology under there. They'll have they'll buy and get supported on ADDI or sure. IDZ or whatever. Yeah. But it, we, we feel that ITP technology is, is something neat to talk about. It's unique in the marketplace. There is no other text-based hypercube out there. There's yeah. nothing that responds this fast. So That's we cool. thought, thought it's worth talking about.
3: Yeah, for sure. I've never heard of a hypercube. Is that what they call it in the, in the comics that, that Tesseract or hypercube? Is that, is that, is, is that why it sounds familiar? Is that the thing or is that a different name? I feel like it's, I feel like we're talking about Marvel right now. If only it
2: glowed in the dark. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, this was really, um, this was really insightful. I feel like I learned a lot. So, um, and I'm kind of looking forward to that release on the 16th.
3: We all have busy schedules, so you know it's important when we get together. It's it's, it's difficult to sync, but uh, you know taking the hour out of your day to uh, talk to us about the hypercube technology. I'm just going to keep saying hypercube all day. Hypercube,
2: hypercube. <laughs> yeah, it's a fun. It's, word. <laughs> it's good, and uh, you know the ITP put a lot of work into it, and it shows. We've had a very pleasant experience implementing it.
3: Well, I'm excited. Um, That's excellent. Chris Jorobridge, thank you so
1: much for your time. We are very, very grateful for it.
2: You're welcome. It was a pleasurable experience. Thank you.